I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to A Dog's Life. much you love children and you know how much you love training well that's why we're jumping on zoom to talk to Tia Wardell who is probably the youngest dog trainer in the world Tia and Dave Wardell welcome to a dog's life hello thanks for having us Oh, no, it's so exciting, this, because, gosh, we're talking today, not to Dave, but to Tia Wardell about Tia's fun project that's become a bit of a social media sensation, Tia, hasn't it? Explain what you've done. Hello. So um, I'm an online dog trainer and I every Saturday at 9 a.m., I go live to teach kids um, to train their dogs and to inspire them to help their parents um, to train their dogs. And I also do a 25 tricks till Christmas every December to um, teach kids a trick every day and to get them into their training. Wow, my gosh, that's that's a huge amount, isn't it? So this is all called the Top Kids Club. Is that right? Yep, yeah, Top Kids Club, and uh, we've um, yeah, we're gonna continue doing it. Uh, people call me the youngest dog trainer in UK. Um, yeah. Well, I think you probably are. I mean, now Dave's here as well. Dave Wardell, police dog handler, dad of the very famous canine Finn. You know now. Dave, explain a little bit how proud you're feeling about Tia, about this initiative. Yeah, so, I mean, I think it it must have come about because, you know, we've always had dogs. We've always had lots of dogs. There's always been a multi-dog house and, you know, we've always had police dogs around as well. And, and Tia's been, you know, pretty fearless when it comes to that. She, you know, she knows when to back off and she knows when to leave a dog to, it, to, to its own devices. But she always wanted to tag along whenever there was any training going on, when there was ever any um, customers. She would ask if she could come along and, and, and watch. And sometimes it was appropriate and sometimes it wasn't. But during that time, of course, you don't realise how, how spongy the, a child's brain is. She picked up on all these things and just became a complete natural. I mean, I think I, I think she's got. I've got thirty odd years experience. I think she's got more skill and knowledge than I have. And uh, and to see her growing um, and and taking more and more on and and doing this online. I mean, I didn't have I didn't have online when I was a child, but I wouldn't have had the guts to do it at twelve years old. And and tear just blows me away. She's brilliant. Well, it's so professionally done. And that's the thing, because I've been tuning in every Saturday morning on Instagram is where I've been watching it, Tia. Do you do all the editing and everything yourself as well? Yeah, I do editing lots because sometimes dogs have mistakes, but it's mostly um, me who makes the mistakes. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I do the editing in the evening and just sit down and work out what I need to cut out. But the Saturdays are live, so I do it myself. And then if the dog makes a mistake, everyone can see what they've done. And they can also watch it as well and see if they, 
if I've made the mistake and if I've had if I have then they can watch out in case they make mistake as well I think that's really important because you know dogs aren't robots at the end of the day and I think you know that shows not that you make any mistakes I haven't seen any but at all but um but it's it's a way of humanizing it and also showing people how to get their dogs focus back yeah I mean I think that's an important point because, um, you know, dog, like you say, dogs aren't robots. There's so many videos out there where it's really polished and the dog does exactly what you want. Well, if, if, um, if the people watching, if their dogs did exactly what you wanted, they wouldn't be watching a video. So I think it's, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's funny, but it's also, I think, important to show that it can go wrong. And how do you recover if it goes wrong? Um, and what training opportunities come from, from, from seeing that? I agree. I agree. See, I think it really strengthens things when things don't go quite right. They've got to work a little bit harder because, you know, I'm a bit like you, Tia. I, I love training dogs. And, and I was working with dogs when, well, I was about your age, actually. I definitely did take dogs into the show ring when I was eight. I can't really remember it that vividly. So we're kind of similar on, on that respect. And I love it that you're just so enthusiastic. What would you say, Tia, as your earliest memory in the house with your mum and dad and your dogs? What's the earliest memory with a dog? What happened? Um, oh, God, that's a hard one. I probably remember when we rang Maxie, our German Shepherd. She's like six or seven now. Um, we bring her home. All we had to do is we just had to work her from the craziness she had to a nice, calm German Shepherd, which you probably still don't have now. Um, <laughs> um, but to just get her focus and to get her into the game um, that she didn't have when she was going through her homes. So we had to work her from there and you just can't see, you didn't get to see what she had but she did have the potential of good training and she did. That's so interesting. You say, you know, you couldn't see her potential at first and, and that's often the case, isn't it, with the rescue? Yeah, she's, uh, she went through loads of homes and she was uh, two years old when she went through, how many homes? Did I, think, I think we were her sixth home. So, yeah. you know, lots of people had given up on her, but uh, again, with Tia having sort of time on her hands, she... She really pushed through it. As, you know, one of our other dogs who's, who's sadly no longer with us was, uh, you know, 75 kilo Mastiff. And yet, you know, Tia at five, six years old was a, and, and she must have probably weighed half his weight. She was able to, to get him to do exactly what she wanted him to do just by using the, you know, the correct training techniques that she'd seen, well, hopefully seen her mum and dad uh, do. So it was just wonderful to watch. She was so natural. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, their children can be, they haven't, they've got the innocence and they haven't picked up all the bad habits and haven't been told no. And um, to, to watch her so naturally train these dogs was brilliant. Yeah, gosh, I mean, because Rory, what, what type of Mastiff was he to you? Uh, he was a South African Mastiff, uh, a Burble, and he was, he was quite big, but I still carried on with him because He's not, he wasn't a bad dog. And even if he was, it doesn't mean they're a bad dog. It just means they need the training. And that's what Rory needed. He needed the training. So then in the evening, he just went to sleep and um, just laid in front of the fire. 
Oh, that's so sweet. But it so Tia, do you think training is like a line of communication between dogs and humans? Yeah, I think it's a way to build a bond, a way to uh, get them to um, to know what they do. Because if you don't train your dog, I think it's just it won't lead to good stuff. It'll lead to dogs that bark all day, that don't have the energy. But I definitely think it's a thing to build a bond because um, when you're training your dog, your dog's also taking things in from you and they're learning about you as well and what you what you do when something goes wrong and if you just carry on or whether you get frustrated. So uh, when you're getting frustrated, your dog also takes that in and they can learn that from you as well. Yeah, that's very interesting. It is, isn't it? So, you know, it makes the whole thing of that dogs are like their owners. Yeah, so, yeah, like dogs are like their owners. Like um, I've seen loads of videos of dogs that get um, bored easily and their owners also get bored easily and dogs are getting frustrated when the owner's frustrated and dogs that are confused and all of that. Yeah, now the confusion thing's interesting. Now, explain to everyone listening what you think the art is in terms of a combination between food rewards, hand signals and verbal praise. Um, I think with that, it's probably probably repetition and consistency. So you want to just practice it again and again and again. So they're used to what their reward is, used to the hand signals. And consistency is when you're doing it the same. So you want to be able to do, say you're teaching sit, doing the hand signal the same and rewarding at the same time and throwing the ball at, at the same time as they do their tricks. So if you're like sit then you throw the ball when they've done their sit. And then if it's the same with a down, when you throw the ball once they've done their down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like play is like, uh, do you think throwing a ball is a stronger reward than giving a treat or about the same? Um, you, I think if you use markers, that's probably the best uh, because it's, like I said, it's better with the consistency because you're clicking and then you can throw the ball or toy, whatever your dog's or food whatever your dog's favorite one is yeah it does vary doesn't it some dogs prefer play or a game of tug and others are just complete foodies in these videos you make it really fun you know because I think so many people don't you agree Dave think oh god training my dog oh it's gonna be like you know boot camp you know like everyone in a straight line march your dogs forward please about right turn about left turn you know I think people have got this idea it's kind of like that when it's nothing like that is it really no that's it I think you know the way most dog training is structured at the you know at the weekends and we're, we're keen to tell our people that you know coming here for an hour is not going to teach your dog anything you need to take the, the stuff that we teach you away and do it in bite-sized um, bite pieces. Because we all, all of us, us humans and dogs as well, we learn best when it's delivered properly and, it, and it's short and sweet. You know, if you sit me in a classroom for two hours, I'll be asleep by after about 20 minutes. And it's the same with our dogs. And I think you know, when, when we're dealing with um, training issues or behavioral issues, we're keen to point out to our, our, our clients that, um, you know what, if you can find 30 seconds or three minutes, it's much better than trying to force yourself to sit down for to 20, for 20 minutes to train your dog, because then you'll become uh, reluctant to do it and a little bit um, 
uh what's the word i'm looking for you what you won't want to do it you'll you'll look for reasons not to whereas if it's just a 30 second burst to get the correct behavior that you want then you're more likely to 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 do that yeah i so agree on that front actually i did that with prue actually this afternoon playing a quick game of tug with her down the hall and it was brilliant and it was just a really good one and that was it and it's Tia, explain why it's really important, you show this in your videos, to always quit on and up. And as your dad just said, you know, you do have to be in the mood to train, really, and fit in a quick three-minute burst, which is better than, oh, gosh, got to put my wellies on and this and that. And when it's dark and cold, you know, you're not very motivated. So you've got to really be in the frame of mind to get the nice positive energy over and quit on and up. Yeah, so I think, um, like, when I'm on my live, I like to play some games with Harper. I get her favourite toy out. And even just those small playing games and um, throwing the toy for them, it makes it just that little bit more exciting for you and your dog. Um, And it's all about, like Dad said, just getting the... uh, two second 30 second training in uh even if it's 30 second clicker training a um two minute down session then that that's fine because what we want to do is we want to make them we want to help them to learn it in bite-sized order uh, bite-sized chunks instead of just doing it all in one go and getting it in a big muddle yeah yeah now tell us a little bit more about Harper because she's a Frenchie isn't she? Yeah so Harper is our three-year-old rescue French Bulldog she came from Phoenix French Bulldog Rescue Uh, she came in a litter um, of reindeers well we called them reindeers and Harper was (laughs) Prancer but as she we when she got home we immediately started her training by starting with Clicker and we were basically getting her to follow us around the kitchen. And when she got to us, we would reward her. And from that day, every day, we had been practicing training with Harper, even just small things like sit down. And Harper is a very stubborn Frenchie, but um, I had to learn to teach it out of her. I had to learn that sometimes she can be stubborn and that's just on her down days. But I've learned so much from Harper. I've learned um, what she's capable of, what she isn't capable of, which uh, she's she's very clever. She's learned so many tricks and um, she's very, very fantastic French bulldog. Oh, no, I know I've met her. So I'm really honoured to have met Harper and you actually, Tia. So it's like really great. So I've seen you in action as well in real life. So how I'm honoured. So that's interesting because lots of people listening will have typically stubborn breeds, you know, Frenchies being one, but you know, there's bulldogs and, and dogs like my prudence and, and lots of dogs are really stubborn and people kind of go, oh, no. She just likes to sit on the sofa all day, you know, there's no point in me trying to train her. But something I've loved in your videos is that you go into detail just on some really simple focus tool exercises, which some people might think, well, that's a bit basic. If I'm going to be training my dog, I want to train them to jump through my arms or, you know, do something dramatic but explain or maybe dad wants to I don't mind or both why really small focus exercises are absolutely critical (laughs) in training 
Well, I think for me, it's, um, you know, I work with dogs all day long. I work with, um, you know, uh, service dogs. And I think sometimes we're, we're so keen to, to get to that end result. We forget, especially if it's not your first dog, or even if it is your first dog, then we forget the, you know, the small incremental steps that you really, really, really must take in order to get there. You know, the amount of people I, I you know, you get them out for some, some heel work and, there there's quite obviously some some learning that needs to be done but they're you know they get very frustrated very quickly after the first 30 seconds when the dog it doesn't even appear to understand what heel work is and none you know most of the things that we do with our dog it starts with focus and if you haven't got that focus if that dog hasn't got that relationship that training relationship with you that we're now on the training field or we've now got the training equipment on and must listen to mum or dad um, I think you're, you're kind of at a lost cause. So spending, getting that foundation in, we've always showed, showed tier as well, getting that foundation and that focus in kind of leads to so many other doors opening. And if you haven't got that, then you're going nowhere. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like, isn't it, Tia? Explain, you know, I remember watching one where you're literally just throwing a little treat on the floor. Harper goes to get it. You throw another little treat the other direction and explain what you're doing there. So with that, what I was doing is when I was throwing the treat out, she was coming back and then looking at me and then I throw it out again. It uh, helps with focus and recall at the same time because you're throwing it out and they're coming immediately back to you. Uh, but once you've practiced that loads of times in your focus session, then you can get them immediately turning back to you, coming back for a treat and throwing it out again. But it's basically just a two minute game where you throw the treat out, come back, look at you, and then you mark or whatever you're using, yes, mark, and then throw the treat out. Really simple. And you see, people listening could think, oh my gosh, after listening to this episode, I'm going to do that. Well, that's what I really hope this is going to (laughs) do. That'd be great, wouldn't it, Tia? Yeah, it would be really nice. It's a really big game changer. It helps with your whole training session. And before I do any uh, training recall session with Harper, then I'll practice that just to get the small little recalls in as well. I think one of, one of the key thing to add is that, you know, Harper comes with issues. She's come from Phoenix Rescue. We know that there is issues with her breeding and she, she may only, you know, be able to cope a certain amount with certain um, scenarios. And behaviorally, we may only be able to get her so far. So it really is training that will get her through the rest of it and, and enable her to be able to cope in difficult environments because she's so, so focused on, on Tia and the next thing that might come out of Tia's pocket or out of Tia's, uh, Tia's hand. And, we, you know, the amount of dogs out there that have got behavioral wants and needs and, and, and training can definitely help a dog through that. But it definitely starts with that initial focus. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. But it's interesting, isn't it, in the Wardell house to have, you know, a flat face breed being quite opposite, really, to a German shepherd. <laughs> yeah, so um, we've had, uh, obviously, we've had Rory and we've had Harper and they were, well, Rory struggled with breathing as well and so did Harper. But we, other than that, we've had... Um, how many is it? Four German Shepherds. Oh gosh, I could be here all night <laughs> listing all the dogs we've had. But being flat faced hasn't stopped her doing no. all sorts of stuff. What sort of things does Harper do in training? Uh, she likes to um, teach 
do she likes to do scent work she likes to do tracking and in fact Hobbs is really good at scent work um and she can also do a really far track we've taught her in fields and um and yeah just short nosed breeds are really good at um, going far and they might be short nosed, but they are really clever. Yeah. Oh, no, I think, yeah, the bull breeds for me, they're very clever and they have such strong opinions, don't they, Tia? And you've got to be clever to have your opinions, right? <laughs> yeah, you've got to you've got to be clever. Um, well, yeah, you've got to know what you're doing and you've got to like we had a staffy called Millie. She was my big inspiration. And she was a dog that struggled as well. But in my opinion, she was very clever. And she she still did. She still listened. She did everything. And she me. did she did tracking and scent work as well. That was probably the dog that introduced Tia to most uh, yeah. training, especially scent work. Um, I think we, th we think scent work should be about Spaniels and Labradors and German Shepherds. And actually, you know any number of dogs can can do it someone i read a scientific paper the other day that said you know brachycephalic dogs can be really good because actually their olfactory system and their olfactory bowl were so close to each other the signals get there um quite you know very very quickly which which seemed to make sense so no i love that because you know traditionally everyone said that frenchies or bulldogs here yeah, they can't smell as well as dogs with a longer nose so i like that that scientific paper because that makes sense and 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 you know learning that harper can go tracking and maybe she'll even like prudence find a truffle you know, the bull terrier isn't exactly known for any obedience capabilities at all, actually, really. In fact, Barbara Woodhouse famously said they are the only breed of dog you can't train. But I'm glad I've proved her wrong. Right, Dave? Right, Tia? She had, yeah. had a wonderful time learning how to be a truffle hunter. And, and hopefully we can continue that again this year. I, in fact, I saw a little clip of the, the truffle hunter the other day reminded me I must watch it but she loved it didn't she it was you know she loved had, it oh yes <laughs> dive out of the car to, especially if she saw the harness and stuff coming out she knew exactly what was happening and she couldn't wait to get stuck in Exactly. And she she really, really enjoyed it. And the thing was, she knew what she was doing as well, which took me so by surprise. I know every session we had, I was just like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I, I can't believe it. That was pretty much all I said, wasn't it, Dave? <laughs> yeah, again, you, you, we got the cues right. We made sure the association was there and certainly we got the reward right. And uh, yeah, like you say, literally as soon as she saw me, she'd be like, oh my God, we're truffle hunting and she'd be off. <laughs> I know, that's why you've got to come with me when we do it for real because I'm not... no, no. Anyway, but we digress. But yes, it's just proof, isn't it, really, that any dog can do it. And it's, you know, look, Dog ownership soared, hasn't it, in the last couple of years? It's been really staggering for better and for worse, really. You know, there's so much bad's come out of the pandemic where dogs are concerned. But the one thing remains, there's loads more dogs in this country. And I just think so many more people do need tips. I think lots of people got dogs for the wrong reasons, I'll be absolutely honest. You know, they wanted dogs as companions, but not as kind of best friends and I think a lot of people underestimated or had no idea really what dogs need what would you say to that 
Um, I would say that dogs need patience. They need the time they need um, for you to help them. Uh, so when I say patience, I mean for you to wait for them to give you the, um, the behaviour you want. I think that they also need the calmness. So we have uh, lick mats and um, that just helps with boosting them, giving them the sleep that they need. So before they go to sleep, we give them a lick mat. And then once they've had the lick mat, they go to sleep. They process their training. And then when they come back out again, they can do some more training or they can do uh, have a walk. I think one thing that shocks people, um, some puppy owners that we help, it's just how much, like Tia just said, how much their dog needs to sleep. And we recently helped to rehome a German Shepherd called Bear, who Tia did a couple of videos with. Um, and he lived, before he came to us for that week, he lived in a really busy house where I reckon he was probably awake for about 20 hours a day. Now, you can't do that with a 20-week-old German Shepherd, or any pup, a uh, 20-week-old pup. Um, and we changed his life just in that week by allowing him that, you know, those moments when they said, oh, he's being a real so-and-so. Well, that's him telling you he can't take any more and his body's pumping it full of pumping him full of adrenaline, like, like the naughty child you see in the supermarket who, who is overtired. And, and we changed his life in that in that week just by allowing, you know, be awake for an hour and, and hopefully doing some learning and then asleep for for three, I think people just need to realise that, you know, you can help your dog in so many ways and ask for help. You know, if I need some electrical work done here, I won't be doing it myself because <laughs> I, myself. I just don't have the skill. Um, and I think people need to recognise that, you know, you do need help. You've got to see the world from the dog's point of view and you need to be contacting people like us and yourselves to to make sure that they're getting the foundation levels in, in right so that the dog has the best opportunities i know when I, I saw bear on instagram and i just thought oh gosh wow you've done such good things he looked so cute tia you know he had such a lovely little dark face didn't he yeah he was an amazing dog he was incredible he helped me learn so much from me him even if it was just that one week we, we practiced with him marker training taking him out on walks even just that small step on the driveway Oh, that's so lovely. But it is true what your dad was saying, you know, puppies need a huge amount of sleep because that's when they grow. And, you know, dogs grow so quickly, you know, their brains growing at the rate of knots, their bodies growing, you know, and, and, and it hurts to grow. And so they really do need the, the rest to get the energy to do that. So many people make mistakes, particularly, in, as you say, in a busy home that everybody wants a piece of the dog. And that's when, you know, the tragic thing is accidents can happen you know that gives dogs a bad press when it's really not their fault I I love to think you're really flying the flag for Tia in my mind is the fact that dogs and children should go together like strawberries and cream <laughs> yeah I think dogs and children are the perfect match but what you need for both of them is just the calmness because I see in lots of kids them bouncing around near a puppy, let's say, bouncing around near the puppy, going crazy, thinking, oh, look, it's a cute puppy, it's a cute puppy. Um, but actually what the dog is thinking in their mind is let's run up to them, let's jump on them, let's have a party. But what we need is just the calmness. And, yeah, once you've got that nice, calm training and then the dogs working with the child then you can get a bond between you and your dog 
Yes, it just needs supervision and, and dog savviness, really, I think. And, and, and just common sense, would you say, Dave, a bit as well? Yeah, definitely. I think I think what we're also try, uh, trying to point out with Tia and are keen to point out is, you know, we're not saying for, for one second that, you know, you can leave all the dog training to your child and off you go and uh, don't worry about it. They'll be fine because we have to be careful, don't we? We have to be careful with children and dogs. Children can give mixed messages to dogs. And sometimes if they haven't got the understanding, then they can get it wrong. And it's, you know, usually the dog that suffers if something goes wrong at home. But what we're saying is, you know, get the children involved. Involved. You know, go to classes, take the children to classes. And if it's a sympathetic uh, dog school like ours, um, then we will encourage that as well. And, the, the, you know, the child will will help with the training. And quite often what you find is that the children get it much quicker than the adults because they're much quicker at learning. And, um, you know, go away and allow the child to take some responsibility because you'll see the bond like Tia's already talked about. You'll see the bond grow between uh, the child and the dog. And that can be, as you know, Anna, and we know that can be incredibly special and it can, can really give you lifelong memories of, of these dogs and, and that human animal um, relationship, which is incredibly important. And I feel sorry for the people who have never, never experienced that in their lives. I know I, I agree with you on that and it's it's confidence building I know for me as a child you know I didn't really like hanging out with people too much actually I felt very shy you know I was kind of taught I couldn't speak unless I was spoken to because it was that kind of a household but I'd just go out in the garden with the dogs you know wherever I was and hang out with them and you know, everyone would be looking out the window but the dogs tended to be Labradors and you know I had a Tibetan Spaniel puppy and um and so you know easy dogs if you like to a degree and that was my joy really and and it helped build confidence. Tia, do you have you found that that spending time with Harper just makes you feel so great because you've got this kind of extra level to your life that goes beyond just humans? Yeah, I find when I'm bored, when I have nothing to do, when I have the spare time, just to take Harper into the garden or take her for a walk and sit in the park, just those small small snippets in the garden with her even is just my joy and my um and my place to be she also comes up to my bedroom and she chills out with me up there we'll make her dens and we hang around in there it's just my happy place to be with any dog it's my joy I think you're so lucky, you're so lucky to have Harper, you know, she's a joy, you know, and it's, it's such a lovely, lovely project this. So explain, all the links are going to be in the show notes, but just explain to you very quickly. So once you record your training sessions every Saturday morning, each one's got like a theme, so you've got hide and seek, you've got focus tools, it's using long lines, it's all sorts, it's covering everything, isn't it? Yeah, I um, cover everything. And then if I need to practice it again, I would always, um, so like free work, I have a go every, uh, I do that every half a year. And uh, just to remind everyone, I cover heel work, obedience. Um, I cover what people ask for me to do. Um, so if anyone wants me to go over, let's say just, um, sitting down then I would do that um, yeah I cover everything and um, yeah go over it all 
brilliant. It's brilliant. Well, I've actually recommended to it's a golden doodle client's son who's eight to watch all of your videos. Okay. And it's really worked. It's really worked. Yes. Because he was a bit nervous because a Labradoodle grows really fast. So this dog is only five months old, but he's bigger than (laughs) than the eight year old already because they're quite big Labradoodles. They're surprising, aren't they, Dave, actually? You know, you've standard poodle cross a Labrador. So, yes. And um, it's been a real inspiration. So there you go, Tia. She has lots of adults that actually follow her as well. So there must be something about the way she delivers it that that seems to appeal to to many more people than just children. The amount of people that that contact her and say, we love the way you get it across because it's so clear. So hopefully it will grow from here. Well, there's no ego with you, Tia. That's the wonderful thing. Keep it that way, won't you? It's just pure love and pure enthusiasm. That's what's coming over. So it's not anything that's become grown up. You know what I mean, Dave? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I tell you what, Anna, you and I will we'll help to keep her grounded. And if we ever see that change, then we'll we'll have words with her. Yes. All right. You've got a deal. Well, listen, thank you, guys. I really hope to be seeing you up at Crufts as well. So um, let's stay in touch and well done again, Tia. Yay. Thank Yay. you. That's our show, Mr. Binks. What did you think? Yes, I thought you might want a training session with Tia. Well, let's see if we can organise that. What's that? Yes, you're right. It is time for Woof of the Week. You're never too young to fully understand your dog. And in return, your dog will keep you young at heart. Well, I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, please rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again to Tia and Dave Wardell for joining us. And all the links are in our show notes. Thanks also to Mike Hansen, my producer. Find out more about him and his company at Pod People UK. For more about me, I'm at Anna Webb Dogs. What's that, Mr. Binks? Yes, you are right. We will be back in your feed next Sunday. So why don't you subscribe now? Then you'll never miss another show. Bye for now. Bye.